Welcome to Real Indigenous, where we discuss everything on our screens and everything in between. I am Jason A. Snap, and tonight joining me are... Haito, Chimachukma, Abby Tully. Lucio, Hawaii, I'm Candice. Pagala Ivsi, Uvanga Angela. Madoweka, I'm Sunrise Sipikani. It's Jay, I'm Noetta Harjo. And tonight we're talking about Res Dogs, episodes 7 and 8. First up, episode seven, Stay Gold, Cheesy Boy, written by Bobby Dews and directed by Black Horse Low. And we're going to go to the excellent Geek Girl Authority website to read just a little bit of the beginning of the, the, the synopsis. So even the best of us have a rough time, have a rough time on reservation dogs and Stay Gold, Cheesy Boy, Cheese Lane Factor is arrested. Here's what we know about Cheese. He's living with his uncle, Charlie, Nathan Apodaca, also known as Dogface, the TikTok star from 2020. He has never said where his parents are or if they are alive. He befriended a woman in the hospital, Irene Casey Camp Hornick. Apologies if I'm <clears throat> mispronouncing that. And he calls her grandma. And of the four res dogs, he has the most positive outlook on life. Yeah, what a what a sweet episode. Uh, any any episode with with uh, cheese in particular is it, it's always sweet. And I was like, and I knew this already, but I looked him up again. Like he's the he's the only uh, actor from Oklahoma. He's actually Creek Muskogee and Caddo. Um, he seems to be a very beloved character. He's almost like I was thinking about this. He's almost like a metaphor for Oklahoma. Or even like North North or not North American, like like United States cinema or TV. Because he's this young, you know, fresh, like new face on the scene. And you have all these like Canadian seasoned Canadian actors that are in this this show. Um, but he's actually from Oklahoma and he's actually representing the tribe that's show is about. So it's it's fascinating to watch him in that sense because he's like. He's, he's actually from the area. He's from, he's like, he's, he's actually the youngest, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's like the youngest actor in uh, amongst the, the troupe. I don't know. Uh, Angela, what, what, what do you, what do you have to say about this? So I was Cheese's stand in at the pilot. <laughs> as well I, love that. I love that. Because <laughs> <laughs> of so course you guys are so alike. Yes. <laughs> well, at the time he was a lot shorter I mean, that's what I was going to say, where we've kind of watched him grow up mm -hmm. in these past two years, because he was a product of that huge search. I wouldn't, I, it was past nationwide. I mean, I think it was like the Northern continent search, talent search to find these characters. And Lane was one of the ones that rose to the top. And, you know, even on set, he was, he was just Lane. He was cheese. He's just a sweet kid. His parents are super nice. You know, yeah, he's very much Oklahoma, which is really sweet to see on on screen. I mean, is he as sweet in real life as he seems to be like? Yeah, he's, he showed up last year at a panel on representation at First Americans Museum, yeah. and just in the audience. It was just hanging out. Yeah. And I spotted him. I was like, oh, my gosh, look at her. <laughs> and afterwards, you know, we kind of gave him a little shout out from the stage. And afterwards, he stayed there the whole time and took pictures and signed autographs and visited with everybody. And it was just, 
he seemed he was in no rush he was just happy to be there he was so nice to everybody yeah. and just really gracious and i thought this is a good kid yeah noetta the heart the heart of the group noetta i mean you're you're of, of the same area as, as you know as cheese as well i mean what do you I, I saw you nodding your head a little bit i mean what what are your some of the what are your thoughts there like on cheese um, yeah. in this episode even like i don't know you know, I've seen interviews with Lane. Uh, he was on the Tonight Show, and they asked him, you know, how how much of your character are you in your character? And he said, "I am cheese. That's me. That's how I act. That's who I am." And I thought that was so cute. His, I mean, when you look at like uh, the the native population in, in Oklahoma, there are a lot of boys like that. They're just super sweet. They're super um, grounded. In, in their community and, and they have a lot to offer, even though they may be really quiet, when they do have something to say, they say something meaningful. And I think that that's definitely a side of, of Oklahoma that we don't ever get to see in film, especially in, it's a side of native people that we don't get to see. Uh, you know, I feel like he he has some silly silliness to him, you know, as, as kids should have, you know, and he's, he likes to have fun. But you know he's very loyal to his friends. But he also recognizes when maybe things are just a little bit too dramatic. You know, like <laughs> like when he was talking to Jackie, saying, "No, I'm not supposed to like you, but I don't see any reason why I shouldn't." You know, <laughs> and, and then he kind of put uh, Willie Jack in his place in in the last episode. So he just kind of sees where you know he's like, Ugh, "You guys just need to calm down, <laughs> just chill out." <laughs> And he's like the most politically correct of all of them. Like he, he's doing the pronoun thing. Um, I, I mean, maybe it has something to do with his, his youth or whatever. I mean, Candace, I mean, you're like the young, the, the youth, you represent the youth. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, like uh, uh, Lane's contribution. Like I, think, I think Lane is just so sweet. Like every time he's on stage, I'm just go, because he reminds me so much of my cousins, you know. He reminds me a lot of um and like like Noetta said, we don't get to see this a lot. <clears throat> we don't get to see our sweet um our sweet native native youth like that sometimes, you know, and a lot of them are just sweet, you know, and they're very humble and they're very helpful. And um they, you know, they it's obvious that they are like you said, that they are beloved and that they know how to give love health, healthy, healthily, you know, and he gives a lot of something I really love. I love about cheese is that, you know, he's very respectful of, you know, in this episode, you know, we see that he's, he has a lot of opportunities to, know, um, you know, get it, get himself in a really tight situation, you know, like where he could potentially be beat up, you know, because, you know, because of whatever, because of maybe he's a little bit different than the other, than the other guys that are in this, uh, um, this recovery home, you know, um, this rehabilitation place, mm -hmm. um, you know, he, but because he is, uh, because of his character, because he is that sweet, genuine, uh, truly trying to be respectful of everybody and is capable of receiving that respect, um, he winds up, I, I, and I really liked that in that show too, you know, cause it could have easily been beat up on cheese. Um, but it was through his, 
genuineness, uh, he's able to win some real allies, you know, and like uh, really bond with some of his, the fellow uh, youth that's in the same, some in similar situations like he is. Yeah, there's like a real like a sincerity to him that like <clears throat> in the beginning, I'll, I'll honestly, you know, say that was just like kind of, I, I'm a little, maybe perhaps that's part of my personality. I'm just like, mm, you're a little <clears throat> too sincere. I need a little bit of darkness. Like, I don't know about this character, you know, but <clears throat> he's definitely grown on me as like, a, he's it's almost like this, like, a, I mean, you see that later <clears throat> in the, in the final, you know, final episodes, not to give any you know, people either have seen it or not but yeah he's he's definitely the he seems like the heart of um of this series i don't know i mean uh, sunrise what's your take on some of this uh this episode on this episode <clears throat> well i mean certainly it's nice to spend time with cheese this is something i mentioned that i wanted a while ago i was wondering when are we going to get some more information about cheese and of course we get a full episode and that was really pleasing Mm -hmm. um, certainly we experience all the things that we're talking about um, his sweetness uh, and his quiet nature uh, belied uh, a sense of articulation also that I think we often assume those that are quiet it may have something to say but they might also not know how to say it and he does and we see that here and that allows me to really understand how he's a mediator and why he might be able to bridge divides that are happening within the group. And um, I think that was a, a really great moment in this episode at the end where he's sort of like able to reconcile these two people about the job, right? And, and about their sort of like differences, uh, personality-wise, tonally. And um, that made me really believe that he can help resolve things within his own group. But um, those things really confirm for me that he's like a hope, you know, like he is symbolic of like what you're talking about, this like future um, actor, but he's also like a future for this group and a future for the tribe. This is a potential leader is what I'm seeing. Mm. Um, and, and, and the fact that he asked this question in decolonization about what is decolonization? How does this work? It, it seems like because he's so observant and so analytical, he's got all the skills and he just needs the age to yeah. be put in a position where he can help resolve tribal problems. Yeah, and yeah. Um, uh, certainly he's doing that already with people that he just met, you know, like that, that's a, an incredible skill. Yeah. Um, so like that gave me, you know, a, an amazing example of hope for uh, people in small communities that maybe are just as quiet and and because like Americans and some sometimes tribal members are much louder and they get you know oh, the squeaky gosh. wheel right oh gosh right I've seen plenty of that in the Comanche council meetings like right. uh, in my yeah. past yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely and it made me walk out and made me immediately I was like nope nope this is yeah not where I, I want to be yeah absolutely yeah you know what yeah absolutely um. I mean, but this is a great example just in terms of like internally that we should be listening to these young, young people. Yeah. Um, and, and balancing that with things that are happening across the season. Mm -hmm. I, I am definitely seeing this sort of um, these questions of authority. I keep bringing this up, but 
you know, can we rely on these people that are older? Can we rely on these spirits to some degree? Can we rely on the people that are from outside the community teaching us about decolonization and they kind of don't know how to explain it? Yeah. And here's a young man who's able to do that. And uh, I feel like if the season plays out and season three plays out or like maybe they go somewhere else and he comes back, he can be that shining example of somebody mm -hmm. who who can come back and who can uh, provide hope and, and guidance. And we're seeing that here. So. I think the interesting thing about cheese that I didn't anticipate, which is a testament to all the, the writing staff and everything. is like, I never really know. I, I don't, I have no idea what, what they're going to do, but I did not anticipate seeing this tension of seeing uh, his, his uh, maturity and character uh, kind of kind of just dropped into this like weird situation of like in this case like this um, boys home type situation where mm -hmm. he's like mm -hmm. he's having to like kind of adapt but keep he, he, he always stays true to, to his, his, his uh, character his morals his pronouns his pronoun usage um, even in in the midst of like a there's that one there's that one kid who i actually a friend of mine was telling me about this this i'm not really big into hip-hop or rap or whatever but a friend of mine a journalist friend pueblo friend around here is telling me you should listen to this guy Tra uh, travis thompson, travis thompson yeah yeah and I, you know i'm not really I, I i watched the youtube clip and i was like this is yeah this is really cool i hope something happens with this this dude so it was really nice to see that he ends up on this show because um, seems like Sterling and, and company really have their finger on the pulse of of uh, pop culture and, and things that are are out there. Tully, Tully, what are your thoughts, man? The cheese, cheesy boy. I think, <laughs> uh, like everybody says, he's an adorable, cute kid. And I saw that Steven Spielberg mm -hmm. film. Yeah, uh, the Fablemans advertised. Yeah, and saw him in it, and I'm like, oh shit, that's so cool. Cheese has got a movie. So, <laughs> so hopefully and, and, and that Kiowa filmmaker just used him. Uh, in his short film, I, golly, I can't remember his name. Yeah, about, uh, about the residential schools. Yeah. Yeah. What is his name? I mean, Jeff, I, Palmer. Jeff Palmer. Golly, terrible things. Yes. Sorry, Tolly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so yeah, like it's good to see him finally have a have a story. Like Sunrise talked about, how we were like wondering what's going to what's going on with Cheese. How come he hasn't had a storyline? So they devote a full episode to him. And Mark Marin is that the guy's name? Yeah. So yeah, like, nice. you know, when he did the interview with Sterling about a year ago, whenever that was, you know, yeah. you know, Sterling said, invited him up to be on the show. He said, you should be the guy's like, what about me? How come you ain't call me? He's like, well, come on, we'll put you on the show. And now we see Mark Maron being on the, on an episode. And so that was kind of cool, too. To I thought that, that was really great. I was really impressed with Travis Thompson because this was his first film, as far as I know, our first show, yeah, right, first time yeah. acting. Amazing. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I thought he was really good, really like just funny. And I thought he was a good actor. Again, I think it's the way this this production group, how they just find the right actors for the right roles and the right scenes, because mm -hmm. everyone seems to be doing a great job. Travis Thompson, he's Danae, I believe, and he's from Seattle, Washington. So he's a rapper mm -hmm. and he's been he has, a, I guess, a song or something on on, the, on this episode or at least in the series. And so mm -hmm. it was cool to see him do that and see Cheese have a have an interesting storyline and, and, and this boys home kind of story that I'm not familiar with or I've never had any any relationship to be in, 
in a in a boy's home or anything like that but it seems to be like a it seems like you know what i hear when people talk about when they've been in those kind of places <laughs> I, th I thought mark Marin. yeah that was a surprise i knew he was going to be in this season at some point <clears throat> um but I, yeah i was not aware that it was going to be in that kind of like context and i thought he did a pretty good job and um <clears throat> yeah the the music in particular i'm always intrigued by i'm a big music person i like to listen to scores and and like I, i'm interested in how <clears throat> people use music and, and just like you know their own like scores as opposed to like you know i don't even what's the word the, the diegetic or whatever source it's a source <laughs> yeah source it's music. like so there's the yeah source music and then there's like a motto i don't know i can't pronounce his last name the Lakota guy but he's doing his own score and then you have um I think it's Tiffany Anders is also is, is like the music person um uh so it's just interesting that people are the choices that they're making for this show like uh um I'm always intrigued by the choices I'm, I'm, I'm like oh, okay how does this carry the story along is it's, it's this it seems to be very like youthful and and fun and, but also, you know, sometimes you hear that, you know, Sterling influence with the country, uh, the kind of, the, you know, there's also that as well. Um, anyways, yeah, yeah, I'm always in, uh, intrigued. But I mean, do you guys listen to that as well? The music, musical choices and Sunrise? Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I thought it was really interesting to see DJ McPherson come up as kind of like the last oh, yeah. track. JD, JD McPherson. Yeah, right, uh, yeah, JD McPherson. Yeah. Huge fan, um, huge fan. Yeah. yeah local local yeah. cat man local norman, yeah, norman. local cat yeah. broken bow and he used yeah. to like little trivia he used to play in the poison oakies mm -hmm. which used to play in norman they were a rockabilly band mm -hmm. and i used to go see them i didn't know who he was it was like an eight-piece mm -hmm. band or whatever and then the mm -hmm. singer was like this eldest looking guy mm -hmm. yeah. it was um but i yeah i had no idea that's who that was but yeah that was were a long they the yeah. Uh, yeah, they would always play the, the deli. deli. The deli, yeah. and then there was that. Like they would play on. They would play yeah. on Main Street too, and I can't even remember mm -hmm. what that place mm -hmm. was called. And was you know what? He, he, yeah, and you know he was in film school, so I think he was in the kind of like the same period as I was. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And I shot. They shot like his thesis film while we were there. What? Um, yeah. Wow. But he <laughs> he made this. He made this sort of like fake documentary about that whole sequence of scene, like that scene about. Uh, trying to figure out why he was never being asked to play in one of the bands. <laughs> and there's like all these amazing like Norman cameos of all these different bands from that particular time period. Oh and then gosh. it also includes Amy Nicholson, like, you know, the, our film critic that has uh, arisen from the OU. Oh, she's got like this nice little cameo where she's got like uh, a sort of like uh, a fan woman sort of like talking to the camera and then becoming a little bit uh, overly obsessed. But amazing. Uh, yeah, it's a great, yeah. I felt like that was a great nod to um, particularly that aesthetic and that feel. And of course, Oklahoma, like that was really nice. I'd forgotten that the, oh, golly. Yeah, I, I know most all his songs. I did, I, I forgot that there was that song, that song was, was in that yeah. show, was in that yeah. episode. Do you yeah. remember which song it was by chance? I mean, I would, I'm, I'm a huge I think fan. It's, so would... it's called Precious, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that really yeah. cool, like slow, yeah. mm -hmm. bass heavy, like yeah, yeah. Maybe not bass heavy, but anyways, yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, that was a cool. great track. <laughs> so um I don't know. Any any other final thoughts on on that on the on the episode? Like 
Um, Angela? I have a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's with all these guys? There's, okay. Mm -hmm. That are being saved by Native people. I mean, at the very end, the mark mm -hmm. Marin's character is like all of a sudden all about lakota and you know we have <laughs> our guy at the salvage yard who always speaks navajo mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Of, of, of unclear heritage so well, I, I, I don't know if he actually always speaks navajo i've only heard him speak navajo during the episodes that black horses directed I could okay. be wrong. I could be wrong. I, he usually correct. speaks. Mm -hmm. He usually speaks just whatever. But yeah. I have a feeling that Black Horse's influence was on. Yes, the, was the language there? Right. Right. You know. No, maybe, but, um, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Maybe it's something of you know how there's always a white savior. Maybe now it's the native savior. <laughs> uh, I like that a little bit. You know. <laughs> and I, I almost think it speaks to this kind of unique kind of um Oklahoman experience and I brought this up before with with some other people and I was trying to like put my finger on like what do you call like that native who you know that has you know you know you could say that it's like you know this tangential um whatever they, they can prove it or whatever but they but, but they're not actually actively trying to connect or not, they're not actually trying to practice their culture they're just like you know just but they're just like lazily being like oh i'm native and so i will you know and and it's this unique kind of well it's like it's unique to oklahoma in my experience because they'll use it in republican i guess i'll get political here in republican arenas where they're like well i'm not offended and i'm part indian and it's like kind of uniquely oklahoman where you have like you know almost there's so many oklahomans that can claim lineage to to some tribal ancestry, but but do they really practice it? Do they go to a powwow? Would their people would would they be recognized by the community or whatever? I don't know. I think it's uniquely Oklahoman, and I think kind of like to me that seemed that character Kenny Boy is that what we're talking about here. Yes, yeah. it's right. kind of a play on that concept of like, but in a in a playful way. You know, he wears like a he's like an intertribal guy. He wears like a choker. He speaks Navajo, and he's he's also referencing like. <laughs> Lakota ways and like the code to get you know out of his you know mm -hmm. his uh his place is like a special what I can't remember the the year that sitting bowl is sitting <laughs> so he stands he stands in for like he's, he's for all these kind of these kinds of people who claim ancestry to me that's what he stands for do they ever say whether he is or isn't because Angela you said he was is questioning whether we don't really know if well, he is or isn't. That's an in interesting segue into the next episode. <laughs> yes. It, it, it is an interesting question. But I mean, like, uh, just to kind of bring it back before we go too far, because the Mar it's about Mark Marin is kind of where you started with this, Angela. Right. Right. And, and who, who, was, who was a drug addict or some kind of addict who mm -hmm. was take, taken under some Lakota man took him under his wing and showed him the right path. And, you know, at the end, he's got the raised fist is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And quoting dances on. with wolves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I would, is, is I would say humor by black horse. Low? Yeah. I mean, that's what I was exactly going to say. I would say it's this, 
<clears throat> I mean, I, I like, I, I'd like to think that we, I mean, we do share, I mean, I'm his friend. We share this subversive aesthetic of like making fun of, of these types of things. And yeah, that's something that's, I would see that as definitely his, like uh, his touch on just like, you know, just like making fun of that. And it's like things that might be like considered, you know, not sacred, but you, you know what I mean? Just like, you know, you, just making fun of things, just pushing back on these concepts. And yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the, that seems partially true to some degree. I mean, like it's a joke, the fact that he's standing there with his hand up and then he says that quote. Yeah. Um, and then he, I think there's some joke about him being to some degree like this hippie or liberal. He kind of like yeah. is very loose with the kids and like looks <laughs> like the big Lebowski in this like sweater. <laughs> you know and it's yeah. like taking these ideas it's like inspiration it feels like it's making fun of that a little bit but yeah. when we think about the 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 kids there's like always there's also that like one kid that's hanging out with the other group right mm -hmm. and he's like brought in to the collective mm -hmm. right and i always saw that as just sort of like the a playing on the idea of a native in a larger ensemble being just sort of a token indian and here's like the token white kid um, but here it's getting a little bit more complicated. I think there's uh, somebody who is uh, communicating a value and that his life is is was saved. And I think that's a critical point if he's like having to have these like meetings for recovery. Somehow he's benefiting um, regardless of whether it's kind of a joke to some degree. It's, it's still uh, taking that one particular individual, it feels like an outlier in which feels like a very indigenous idea to like be inclusive regardless of our differences it feels like that's definitely happening in this episode it feels like this is happening in the next episode to some degree and um i feel like that is that's a serious uh, political idea i think even though it's also like played up for humor mm -hmm. um and this whole episode seems to be about accepting people who are um facing judgment of some sort or judging mm -hmm. others and then they have to reconsider um so uh i think that's a really interesting thing that this particular episode is balancing mm -hmm. um anyway that's i don't know i don't know if I, where i sit really but i think it's interesting and the same thing with kenny boy i feel like that's he's starting to become uh accepted <laughs> socially maybe <laughs> or maybe you know tolerated <laughs> accepted slash tolerated accepted slash tolerated <laughs> um yeah. uh, i mean there are just speaking with like the tribe of the comanches you know i there are times where i feel like i'm really dependent on non-natives mm. about issues that are indigenous mm-hmm you know, like it's a, the Thomas Cavanaugh book about our history. He has several of them. I feel like he is the most helpful historian, mm -hmm. Thomas Cavanaugh, and 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 he's not Comanche. Mm -hmm. You know, always comes to events and always talking to a lot of people. Uh, we have a lot of history. It's been like saved and archived and accessible because of this individual that's an outsider, mm -hmm. and we socially include him. I think you know he probably um because we need him we need him yeah absolutely yeah he's got a function yeah yeah so and I, I would imagine 
you know, I mean, it's hard to not talk about Quanta Parker. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're talking about Comanches and sort of bringing people in, and where does some where does the the line fit when we talk about inclusion and tradition and blood? You know, sometimes we we talk like it would be great to get rid of blood quantums. But then like if blood condoms go away, then what's what's left? It's like it is collective ideas, it's lineage, it's who you're brought around, brought up with. And then it's like what you know, people who are practicing, Kenny Boy is knowledgeable. Like there's a when we get there, there's an amazing joke to me that it comes from somebody who would only know insider information. Mm-hmm. And where does this person fit? You know, like that's a interesting. Uh, idea about acceptance outside of blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. Excellent. Now that we're going to segue into talking about Johnny Depp, just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a whole other two hour episode. Yeah, that's like four hours. How, how long was the trial? It's that long. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> all right any, i mean should, 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 any final thoughts before we move on to the next the next oh, one one thing one thing i have to say i just love cheese's wardrobe in this episode oh <laughs> got, yeah a lot of people did yeah i mean usually he's wearing like the like the imagery of like movie posters or whatever but like the first shirt he's gone on was this gore shirt oh yeah like, oh, yeah we're, we're learning a little bit of his music taste uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah, then the yeah. sade at the end Oh yeah, yeah, I love that shirt. Yeah, yeah. he's he's definitely cool. like he's he's very well rounded musically. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, <laughs> accepting. Yeah. Although I have to say, at the end, I mean, it it seemed like kind of a tie it in a bow Disney happy ending for Cheese. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a disservice to show mm-hmm. that kind of happy ending mm-hmm. rather than show what actually happens to boys mm-hmm. that are are youngsters that get caught in that system mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a good point yeah that's true definitely a, a turn for the, the the darker side if you can go that way yeah thanks angela thanks brought everybody down <laughs> I know. <laughs> debbie downer over there <laughs> but you know i love me some casey camp what's that <laughs> I get the speaking of Casey Camp, I, you know, there was a throwback to Goodnight Irene there, you know, as uh, Cheese was calling her before he went to bed just to let her know that he was okay. I caught that. And I, I don't know if anybody else caught that, but yeah, I, I caught that. Uh, Goodnight, if the, the listeners who don't know, Goodnight Irene is one of Sterling's first shorts that he did. Was it the first? Is it I the think first? it was the first shot. I believe it was the first. first. He ever did. Yeah. yeah. And it, it also stars uh, Casey in there. Mm-hmm. So as and, I, J- and John Proudstar. And John Proudstar, yeah, who plays yeah. Um, uh, Willie Jack's father. Bueller, Bueller. Well, it, while you're saying Bueller, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was sort of a disservice that at the end, they all have these shirts that say Save Cheese, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, Save Ferris. Save Ferris. Um, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I was like, oh, this is great. But I feel like it, it's it's all in this reveal. And I feel like I wish we had seen more of that earlier. I wanted to see those shirts before that happens. Oh, yeah, that would have been nice. Yeah, yeah, they saved it yeah. for the end. Yeah, but that was kind of cool. Save Ferris, thanks. 
they need, a, they need a merch store just so they can sell those safe oh man yeah, totally. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> all right uh angela what do we <clears throat> move from here how do we do to the to the next well next we'll discuss episode eight this is where the plot thickens written by and directed by black horse low noetta you want to fill us in so this episode was weird <laughs> Uh, basically, we are going into a day in the life of a tribal cop as Big takes a trip with Candy Boy um, that leads him into a little bit of trouble. But we also, I guess we go deeper into Big's story and kind of why he is the way he is. And, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a, a guilt that he's dealing with. And um, that was an interesting turn, I thought, in his story. Um, you know, uh, it all, I guess it all has to do with um, Alora Dannon's mother, Cookie, which we've been hearing about uh, for the entire series. We know that she died in a car accident when she was young, when, when Alora Dannon was young, she was still a baby. And uh, we know that she was really good friends with uh, Rita and Bev and uh, Teeny and Natalie. But, you know, nobody really says exactly what happened that night. And here in this episode, we get to find out what happened. There's, there's a lot going on in this episode. Because, <laughs> yeah, because we also <laughs> come into a con <laughs> confrontation with, you know, um, the colonization of natural resources and all of that fun stuff. It's, all, it's, thing. Yes. it's the drugs. It's the drugs, man. <laughs> it's the drugs of this episode is what <clears throat> it cracks me up and like it's um yeah it's it's hilarious it's crazy it's it definitely kind of like stands on its own um it's definitely a black horse low film or right. not film but episode having been in two of them already like uh fuckery in 20 2019 2020 and then chasing the light 2016 or whatever um he's definitely not afraid uh and sterling also they're not afraid of that you know to to incorporate that kind of like a concept and i i, I like it because again it's subversive it goes against you know type against trope against this you know overly serious indigenous culture that we're you know that not we but i would say america at large is kind of assumes about us and um yeah it's it's this episode is hilarious it the, the whole third eye thing cracked me up when he <laughs> on his on a, his forehead uh, uh zama clarnan's forehead i mean there's like so many things in this episode that just cracks me up i mean there's that kind of critique of oklahoma you know white uh politician racism um yeah, I mean, again, there's Kenny Boy, you know, it develops his character even more, kind of just kind of just going along the lines of what we were talking about with like the, what is that scene? He's like, yeah, I can't remember specifically the line, but he's like, yeah, they're like, <clears throat> I guess he, he's like, they're, they're, uh, can't you see we're Indians or something like that? And then like, they're like looking at, it's like, what, you, you're Indian? Like, it's like mm -hmm. you know, he aligns himself. What is the, what is, it's, I, it's such a well-written, he says, does that look white to you? And they're right. all like, yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it goes along the lines of kind of what we were talking about. I'm just like, you know, he's, he's, he's definitely, he sees himself as indigenous and he, 
he's accepted for the like i mean maybe more so in this episode just because he's needed again it's like he's needed because um uh, big needs him. Uh, but yeah i love this episode just because it's i love subversive stuff and this episode is crazy subversive and candace's favorite character shows back up which one's that it's a dear woman oh yeah yeah dear woman accepts kenny boy well, she, it seems like they already have a relationship. She's not just, yeah, she just accepts him, but she's all, it's like they've got a relationship going already. And Big is like, what? How do you know each other? Yeah. <laughs> and that, that makes me think that maybe Kitty Boy does have some indigenous mm-hmm. uh, heritage. Oh, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can see yeah. yeah. He was not freaking out when he saw the hooves. It was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a cool woman there. He might even be more open to the idea than, you know, the actual Indians there because he's just like oh I I'm just accepting of everything because I'm just this you know intertribal white guy who's also Indian <laughs> just like <laughs> yes of course you know <laughs> I've been expecting this this vision or whatever you know <laughs> so I'm not sure okay I'm you know not familiar with all of this what was his brother mixing up do we know LSD. So it was definitely and, LSD. And energy drinks. Yeah, they were going to have a party that night. So and then Big just um, chugged it. Yeah, Big just yeah. grabs it. <laughs> it's his favorite drink. His favorite gigantic drinks. <laughs> yeah. It's, it seems to be everybody's favorite drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, is, what is it called? Like, what's the actual um, brand? Scux. <laughs> okay. I don't know where they got that from. <laughs> Say, Jason, do you know where Black Horse got that name? I, you know, I almost want to say, and I, I may be just making this up, but I almost want to say it's like a Maori thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Oh, did, okay. Did you know? Do you know where that comes from? Do I know where what comes from? That stuck stuff. Stuck stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that drink. That drink? No, no, I'm, no, I'm, Let's see. that was a, I guess it, it wasn't really a surprise because I don't know. Like, I, I feel like that was stuff I heard about when I was in school, you know, like, Hey, this is stuff, something would happen, you know, be careful. Don't ever, well, you know, don't ever take a drink that you didn't take to wherever you're going, you know, don't, don't drink something that's been handed to you like that. But no, I not specifically that, that though. Yeah. But we were talking about how dear woman shows up and saves them. Yes. Dear woman. Dear woman, my favorite. You loved your woman. Oh, I loved it when she shows. I just love her when she shows up. And I agree with what you all said about, I'm wondering if it does mean that Kenny has some kind of heritage or he's got some kind of, uh, he's got some kind of connection because she sees him and she does accept him. You know, she's just like, you know, as long as you're good, you know, you better be good. Though I know, um, dear lady, she doesn't discriminate. You know, she, she kills all the bad guys. Why as we found know? out in masters of horror yes <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness but i think <clears throat> i watched this episode with my now husband and he was um he was a bit surprised at the references to uh, bohemian grove and that secret society and i think I read that in this episode, they call it the order of the midstreamers. 
And, um, you know, I was completely like, I'd never heard of it. <clears throat> but Roy was uh, really talking about how this is a real thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'd, I've, I've heard of secret societies, you know, like mm-hmm. the ones they have at Yale and Harvard and all that. But how, and how this is kind of in line with that, with the elite, with rich, mm-hmm. white, wealthy mm-hmm. people, and that, you know, it's <laughs> uh, that's where it really got, you know, of course, that's one of the things that made this episode really crazy is, you know, even crazier than the trip really that they're on is that, oh my gosh, they're coming across this. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Kenny Boy even said it, or maybe big said it about well, it was white people stuff you know what is right they both say it yeah <laughs> yeah and i agree oh my gosh, white people and i'm yeah. like yeah because that's disgusting <laughs> and yeah i thought that was really appropriate uh, oh god what, what is bohemian grove bohemian grove is a secret society that has alumni like ronald reagan and like mm-hmm. the bushes and mm-hmm. most presidencies most presidencies yeah what gave it away for roy because roy knows roy know roy knew more about this than i did uh, was the big owl in mm-hmm. the middle of the woods because that's what that's what bohemian grove that's what they have mm-hmm. you know he says there is a legitimate like somewhere mm-hmm. i think in california there's a big old owl where they hold secret rights, you know, like this. And <clears throat> I don't know if the, you know, so much as the, I don't know if it has so much has to do with the fish, but because um, no one's supposed to know what the secret rights are. But Roy was, Roy was like, who knows about Bohemian Grove enough to write an episode like this? Well, you know, I mean, it's, I felt it was appropriate that uh, big, stumbles upon this because he's always talking about like these conspiracy theories and he's talking about youtube and those things together are the places where you can find like the footage there's like alex jones footage of him like crawling uh, you know into the bushes or whatever and like discovering this and like making his claims or whatever and you know feeding into fears but that is a line that a lot of people will go and these sort of like searches for conspiracy theories. And I was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. And this is why he's asking if we're watching something that's real. And he like is astounded by like something he probably would have stumbled on in terms of YouTube. In fact, he mentions it, right? Um, But I felt like that was really interesting, but that's a good question. I mean, obviously, you know, somebody in the writing staff, probably Black Horse, maybe, I don't know, um, has stumbled onto this you know, it probably is not all that difficult to like look up, you know, owls maybe <laughs> and stumble onto this. Yeah. Well, that's and then they tie it into oil, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, especially all the oil stuff, especially here in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. which if I remember correctly, that was one of the pr- issues that Stitt had with the tribes. Was that, am I remembering correctly, way back when? With, yeah, resources with on our lands. Resources yeah. and being able to negotiate their own contracts mm-hmm. instead of including the state in mm-hmm. with resource extraction, which midstream is a reference to that whole process. Mm-hmm. And so it, I thought it was really nice, you know, up yours to the to that industry mm-hmm. and to the policies of the state of Oklahoma. Or what yeah, try. Yeah. Yeah. And so, somehow I feel like that's related to this idea of the catfish, right? Like, gotcha. You know, you've been catfished. 
um, uh, mm-hmm. and then the fact that you have to chop off the head somehow like losing the head and like the thought process that comes with the head and then it's not natural and eliminating um, the natural process of the government to work out maybe i'm overreading into it but yeah and was, was it the, the leader was it the leader uh, the governor of oklahoma the governor that we see yeah on the yeah. on the mm-hmm. so the advertisement at the beginning of the episode yeah, i almost expected them to say alfalfa bill murray <laughs> or even just did <laughs> so are you saying that governor stitt fucks fish is this true <laughs> or i thought they'd does. have some name that rhymes with stitt you know yeah something. but it was nice to see a bunch of oklahoma actors in there i was like oh, yeah. oh there's so and so oh there's so so i'm so glad that they're still wearing their robes mm-hmm. yeah ben hall yeah ben daryl Ben Daryl, yeah, Daryl's in there, and you know what? Even um, Matt Bars is one of those, yeah, midstreamers, yeah, Friend yeah. Of the podcast, b- Matt Bars is in there, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great cast. Uh, and, and I know this is totally off topic, but I went down the rabbit hole and I wanted to see the Scott. I googled Skucks, and two websites basically say it's a really cool person who is skilled in attracting, attracting the opposite sex, basically swag, usually male. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Okay. That's Scott's. <laughs> I just had to like throw that in there before I, yeah, I knew it meant something in like New Zealand culture, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a homage and, and a reference from Taika, you know? Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyways. So- what about these um, these dreams that Big's having of, of Cookie, you know, and you know the guilt he holds for not being able to save her the night she died? You mm. know that that's obviously something he's carried with him, and maybe it it's probably why he watches so many YouTube videos because he wants to be able to make sure he can see, you know, every detail and be intuitive to everything's going on, so mm-hmm. he can find something wrong. You know, maybe that's why he is the way he is. But uh, it was pretty. It was pretty, um, pretty emotional to watch yeah. that to see to see how she died and, and and that he was there and he couldn't help her. Yeah, I you know I was listening to a different podcast and it was about how uh, this this woman was talking about how you know she'd never really done any kind of unprescribed drugs like that before but she was dealing with a lot of like inflammation in her body. And so <clears throat> she went on a path to find alternative medicines and she went on some kind of a, I think they call it a hero's journey with like shrooms, a guided one. And uh, she said that during this hero's journey, uh, this guided hero's journey, she was having to, um, uh, a lot of things were coming up about um, different things that she had faced, uh, her different traumas, and that she was finding that through this this drug, these psychedelics, she was able to forgive uh, certain aspects, like certain parts of her that had just locked up and locked down, and that she had she was able to work through it emotionally there during this guided hero's journey, and that's. Um, kind of what this kind of reminded me of even though you can I guess we can call Kenny Boyer it's really probably Dear Lady though who's probably more like 
the guide through, you know, things that big has locked up tight inside <clears throat> for a long time. And maybe, maybe it's brought on by a teeny coming back, you know, maybe, you know, all those feelings and emotions. Um, so that way he goes on his own sort of, it, it is a healing journey, you know, and dear ladies there to, you know, help him. She's, and Kenny, I guess we'll call it, we'll say Kenny as well to kind of go through him, go through with him um, to relive this trauma and relive this loss, relive this grief and, you know, and learn to work through it and eventually forgive that and, and let it go. Is that some kind of ceremony that Black Horse would have taken part in? I think it's just a drug story. That's all it is. Ah, okay. <laughs> I don't think it's all that serious. That's the ir ayahuasca. Is that how you say it? That's like the point of ayahuasca. Oh yeah, yeah. Ayahuasca. Yeah. yeah. Ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. Well, I was thinking about the at the uh, when we when we we uh, we all, we shot chasing the light. There's this drug at the end, DMT. It's like this DMT drug that like <clears throat> that they him like his character and his female character take at the very end and he's gone through this whole journey of like you know this whole journey of like ridiculous friends and horrible or tragicomic experiences and a couple of like pseudo like suicide attempts um and in the end he, he takes this 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 dmt drug with this 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 um this girl this pretty girl and at the end he he um he has his vision and then he wakes up and it's like, okay, he's like a new, you know, he's, 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 you know, he's a new person or whatever. He's seeing the world in a new way. But um, I think it's kind of, you know, I don't think, I think it's more similar to something like that. Just like kind of this, this journey, you know, this personal journey that you might take. I don't, I wouldn't say it's necessarily like, like a ceremonial or anything traditional, but just, you know, but again, pushing against that kind of like, subversive aspect of um what are you gonna yeah, say Tony? yeah to me it, it almost comes across as a play on that you know the vision quest story like where we they take you know uh hallucinogens to get you know to for that vision quest and ayahuasca is not always the person who's taking it but usually it's the uh the guide who's taking it because they mm -hmm. say like even if you just take tobacco in a in a traditional way that's a form of you get that kind of vibe of how you see things. So to me, this was kind of like that play on that whole concept and idea of, you know, these tropes of what of uh, Indian state doing vision quests. Like the, the one I think about always is the uh, the Doors movie where they go out to the desert to drop acid, you know, those mm -hmm. kind of things and the silliness of that. Mm -hmm. And so there is probably some link to that kind of concept and idea. Yeah, I think that's true. But also there's like this other side again, like I'm gonna maybe play the devil's advocate that it is serious. Mm -hmm. uh, because it, it feels like it is making fun of that. And then it's also not making fun of that. The fact that we've got a, a mm -hmm. like this character big who is, you know, uh, untraditionally spiritual, like he's thinking about these things that are more paranormal, like Bigfoot. Um, he's uh, maybe more open in a way that uh, is the way that we maybe we think about these people that play out spirituality in that way um but he's not open to the use of drugs or substance as a way to open up and here he's given that chance to do it and then it seems like that was kind of maybe the right thing for him in terms of healing yeah it does something with him because you know it it, it flashbacks to you know the experience of what happened with cookie and his healing of that 
So mm-hmm. it, it again, it's this whole thing of what we were talking about, how reservation dog is that kind of balancing back and forth of the the absurd and the real or the the magical realism and how like there's a balance of how it's almost kind of like uh, trickster type stories, but trickster stories are not always about bad shit, but you also have a learning story with the tricksters and you also have all these other things. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what I felt like, you know, what this episode is kind of doing also. You know, it's, a, it's very judgment free too. You know, the episode is just like, it's, um, it's almost like, you know, you know, whatever gets you through the night, you know, whatever gets you to that place that you need to find that truth or that spiritual, you know, breakthrough. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, that's great. That's a great thing about Reservation Dogs is it, it, it balances itself between absurdity and, and sincerity, just like life. You know, there's no like hard, you know, one way or the other. It's just like, it's, life is complex. So, um, yeah. I was just gonna say, any final thoughts? <laughs> I have, I have two other final thoughts. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> monopolize. <laughs> but um, I think it's interesting that we keep hearing about like Bigfoot. We heard about it last season. I was expecting to see it, um, and earlier I was expecting like some sort of paranormal circumstance to happen. And um, here we start the episode where in the police uh, office they're joking about this. And uh, Jennifer Raider's character, Rosie Harjo, seems to be making some joke about um, the anatomy of Bigfoot and, uh, you know, uh, whether the testicles hang or if they're tucked up inside and they're poking fun at him. And there's like this thread of like, are we going to see Bigfoot? And I think we see it, right? Like that large, you know, like abstracted skeletal object with like swinging testicles feels like it's answering the question that she asks and then it's so abstracted because he's probably in like a this state he can't really comprehend and this is like the one moment where he gets to see bigfoot and he can't like his brain can't process it and it's just like this strange (laughs) figure um but it's i mean like the episode is not about that it's not about achieving what he's been wanting to see it's really about overcoming this guilt that he has that's the success for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was funny that we finally get this moment and he can't like comprehend because he's not like, he's like mentally impaired. Um, so I think that's really amazing. Yeah. But and, yeah. And, and the fish were introduced at, at, I believe it was like the first or second episode of the first season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it did resolve that. So maybe we'll get to see more Bigfoot in season three. I hope so. Yeah. But there's also, just while we're talking about Zahn, like this is a, just like Cheese is a time for we for us to spend some time with Big and not just Big, but Zahn. And this episode really confirms for me the, the, the level of talent that he has. I, I, I don't think many people will refute the fact that he is a talented actor and he is um, well worth whatever he's getting paid, probably underpaid for whatever he's really worth to our community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he's an interesting element in this series because he is one of the very few that has so well classically trained as an actor. And when he's performing, he enters that um, that uh, the trailer for the first time and the way that he's sort of like responding to stuff and like responding to the drink and uh, the way he's, it says organic or the way that he is like 
um, uncertain about what they're talking about with uh, the drugs. He like can't comprehend it. All of those things come from such a talented observation of an actor, like looking at those things out in real world. You know, I, I kept mentioning to Maya that this is like, this is a real person. This, this is not, and, it, and it's different than like watching the talent that's happening with the young actors. I, you know, we just talked about how um, Lane is really cheese or vice versa. Cheese is really Lane. And when we're seeing the character go through the emotional changes in an episode, it's, it's very close to being spending time with Lane. Mm -hmm. But with Zahn, I think Zahn is so talented. We're not really spending time with Zahn. We're spending time with an actor who's been able to observe a real indigenous person out in the world or a series of them, collect information about how this real behavior happens and then recreating it. And then that's big. And that was such an amazing thing to see in that series of moments. And it just occurred to me that like, I feel like we don't have many really talented actors that have that kind of formal performance training that we can recognize on this level and he's such a valuable performer he's such a valuable artist mm -hmm. and this show is just so um, um lucky to have him and yeah. what's also really amazing in that scene is that like the use of navajo um mm -hmm. it's a joke we're laughing um, at kenny boy because of what he knows and then it's like somewhat absurd but also like, it's funny because it's also, it's Black it's black Horses episode, Black Horses Navajo. But also it, there's this moment where I was like, oh, I, I, I kind of got stuck. I was like, he's talking Navajo to Zahn. And I was like, uh, what show are we watching, right? Are we watching Dark Winds? Dark Winds. <laughs> or are we watching Reservation Dogs? And I was like, oh, that's such an amazing, I feel like that's a, a real joke. <laughs> like he's playing the, he's playing a cop in two different shows and one is navajo so of course like <laughs> I mistakenly mistakenly talked to him in navajo so i thought that was really amazing <laughs> um all those <laughs> dense things happening in that one particular moment mm -hmm. um yeah such a talent uh just uh can't get over that and i wish we spent more i want more time with mm -hmm. zon as big because of all these things he just also needs to get more roles. Um, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one last thing. Sorry. <laughs> I do think that this episode does parallel uh, big with Alora. Right. They both have this memory of this great trauma of loss, and they're both holding on to this guilt and this pain and suffering. And um, that's an interesting parallel. And it makes me think about who Zahn is in a collective, a gang of people, yeah. you know? Was he hanging out with the girls before? And now they've all kind of gone their separate ways. And now he doesn't go and hang out with these women except at the funeral for Mabel, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and that's just making me think about like the future of Alora. Make me think about like whether these the, they're going to maintain this group of the res dogs and that was just an interesting parallel that started to happen between these episodes um and it just again reinforces this thought about like repetition of cycles are these young 
people going to become the people that we're looking at the, these adults that regret and uncertain and mm -hmm. um it's just interesting and maybe cheese will be the one that breaks the cycles maybe cheese will be the one that breaks the maybe they will all will in their own yeah. way i also i want to give a shout out to pierre barrera so he's like the sergeant Oh, yeah. You know, he he's another example in the show where they're like bringing people in that's behind the scenes. It's like he's yeah. an on set dresser. Yeah. And he, yeah, he's the one at the front at the podium at the uh, at the police discussion. And of course, like there's the interaction with Jen Rader, who does a lot of the casting. And uh, I thought that was very cool to see these uh, people that are behind the scenes brought into roles and it's like the celebration of like again like our indigenous community and the talent that's hidden everywhere and it's like really embraceive of just everybody bringing people to the forefront and that was very cool yeah and we also had indian elvis in the background i was gonna say, <laughs> I, was gonna say I was like who is that cool motherfucker <laughs> man i loved it mm -hmm. Is that Link Ray? What's going on? Yeah, in the, in the 80s? Link Ray. yeah totally. The 80s Link Ray. Mm -hmm. I saw Link Ray before he passed away. Link Ray. Oh, wow. In Dallas, Texas at Trees. I got his uh, autograph. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a moment. And he's and doing stuff too. He's, what's he have like Link a TV? Ray? Show? He's dead. Link no, Ray's no. <laughs> Indian Elvis. <Yeah. album. laughs> I was like, no, my friend. Link 80s Link Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Did the plot really thicken? Yeah, I don't know why that was named. I don't know why that title was used. That's a very, I'm very, yeah. I've been trying to figure that out. I guess it's like the midstreamers, you know, are the thickening of the plot. But they solved the plot. They solved it. It was thick and then it was done. It was thickened <laughs> and thinned like that. And then. <laughs> T-H-I-C-C. <laughs> oh no. A plot thickens is kind of like the the uh, detective story kind of thing, right? Yeah, Sherlock. Yeah, and so he's a cop. It's a detective story. Oh, okay. Right. And <laughs> I guess that's it's, the best way. And it, yeah, and it's parallel. It's like paranormal, right? Because like Sherlock is about like things that don't happen in real circumstances. You know, mm -hmm. Encounter the Baskervilles is like you know beyond the ordinary. But then they find out it's ordinary. But then yeah. they found it's ordinary, yeah. So his fish thing, he thought when he first saw it, he was investigating what thought it was out of the ordinary. And then turns out it was something maybe not really ordinary, gross. but <laughs> really not disgusting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah. don't want to be on TV again. Yeah. <laughs> that <was laughs> the ending of that episode of Midstreamers was uh, probably one of the best things ever where they talked about how the fish was sold at Robin Cleo's and they're all eating yeah. that, that fish and they're yeah. all like, oh, Because <laughs> yeah. catfish is life. <laughs> more, more, more ways than we thought. <laughs> On that note, we'll say thank oh, you. Man. Oh, before, before, oh, okay. before One we more. should do a, like a, a rest in peace to the great Canadian Micmac filmmaker, Jeff Barnaby, oh. who yes. created such great work. And I was very shocked to see, <clears throat> to hear or to read of his passing. And we lost a great, great filmmaker who had many great films in front of him. And I'm very sad to see that um, he has passed. Yeah, it's too soon, man. Too soon. It's cat. 
Yeah, mm. too soon. Yeah, and such like it, like Devery probably would not be in the place that she is without his work. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks to everybody for joining us for our discussion for Reservation Dogs episodes seven and eight. And remember, don't just keep it real. Keep it real indigenous. <laughs>